Welcome to Latin American Intersections, where we explore the intersection of business, geopolitics, and social impact in the Latin American and Caribbean region. Our team is here to bring you the insights you need on current events from leaders and experts in the public, private, academic, and civic sectors. Latin American Intersections is presented by Ozilold Group, a consultancy focused on stakeholder relations and alternative risk reduction, building collaborations across sectors and industries to improve outcomes for clients and communities. Please keep in mind that the opinions, ideas, and information discussed on this podcast are those of the individual host and guest and do not necessarily reflect the official stances of organizations they are affiliated with. Be sure to follow at LATAM Podcast on your social media, share an episode or two with your friends, and send us your questions about the region. And don't forget to rate us on any of your favorite podcast apps. All right, welcome to Latin American Intersections, everyone. Thank you for being here. Today, I have two very special guests from the University of Puerto Rico in Mayaguez. Uh, as many of our listeners know, uh, Puerto Rico had uh, faced some uh, pretty deep challenges over the last year and a half since Hurricane Maria. And one example Uh, that I think stands out in terms of those challenges and what is being done to, uh, to overcome them is the faculty, is the story of the University of Puerto Rico in Mayaguez, the faculty there, the students, and the community in general. So today I have Angeli Rivera, who is the student council president. And I Hi, have, thanks for being my... yes, and I have uh, Wilma, the Rectora, the director of uh, the University of Puerto Rico in Mayaguez, and thank you for being here. Um, if each of you could introduce yourselves, starting with you, Wilma, um, and tell us just, you know, for a minute about yourself and uh, your role. Yes, hello, everyone. My name is Wilma Santiago Gabrielini. I am the acting chancellor of the University of Puerto Rico at Mayaguez. And I'm also I am a professor at the university in the Department of Engineering. I have been in the university for 23 years. The University of Puerto Rico in Mayaguez is one of the 11 campus of the island. We are in the west part of the island. Excellent. And uh, Anjali, uh, tell us a little bit about... Um your role at the university and your um a little bit about your background okay so i'm a biology under undergraduate and i'm also the president of the general student council of the university of puerto rico at my os basically in small and simple world words um i'm the trusted spokesperson for the students um the only student body that is recognized by law and by all the entities um like administration and furthermore in the, in the system of the University of Puerto Rico. I see. And so you and Wilma work together on a lot of issues that the university faces, correct? Yeah. Mostly, right. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. 
Okay. So um, to get right into it, I guess, can you guys sort of tell me um, how things were going for the university before Hurricane Maria? Starting with you, Wilma, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what, uh, what, what was your role at that time versus your role now and, and what, um, what things were different at the university before Hurricane Maria yes, came through? Um, I, uh, I was elected acting chancellor in uh, June, July uh, 2017. And uh, as uh, was a change of acting chancellor. And uh, as we know, Puerto Rico was facing a lot of, of fiscal crisis. Yes, and we was working with the uh, fiscal revenues and everything, and the university also was in that. Then after the Hurricane Maria hit uh, Puerto Rico in September 20, it was a category fifth. Uh, the university uh, was also affected. Uh, for Puerto Ricans and the university, it was a total blackout of uh, all of the communication system, all of our electricity system, the water system, everything collapsed. We was not expecting something like that. Uh, we was used to hurricanes in the past, but this hurricane hit us pretty, pretty bad. Uh, it was a complete disaster and forced to the UPRM uh, do something amazing to become again in order uh, to work. It took us about uh, a month, a month after this historical event to uh, work again. We have to join forces with the faculty, with the students, and with the external community. Our university in the west part of the island, it was totally devastated. All the trees, also some of the buildings um, was without any roof. And uh, we have to start from that. We start recovering our campus, we start coming a people uh, one at a time, leader by leader. We start joining uh, force with the community, with the faculty, with the students, and also with the external community that say yes to come to the University of Puerto Rico and help. Took us about one month in order to put everything together. We start doing a radiology about radiography, about the, uh, all our surroundings, because also not only the campus of the university, it that was all the surrounding of the university also was in the same position. No electricity, no water, sometimes no gas, the gas, the gasoline uh, and the diesel. Uh, was something was a shortage of that, and also uh, the food. So we have to start a radiography about our surrounding to see if we can start classes. And after that, we um, decide 
that in a month, more or less, we could start, but we, we, we have to start little by little. And uh, every day I went to the only, probably the only season of radio that was in the city of Maya West to start communicate to the people because we were, we was without sometimes cellular phones, no uh, line of phone. So I have to use the radio. The radio every day was my uh, gate of communication with the people, with the faculty, with the students, and uh, everyone is, uh, wait until I think they give me a spot in the radio around five o'clock. And uh, I always uh, went to the radio station to communicate what was going to do the next day and what were the work that we was doing at the university. So after we did that, uh, in a month, we start leader by leader. We start by uh, doing a, a, a week for uh, see what are the students that come to the university and the faculty that was available because not all the students live in Maya West area. They live around the city and others around the island. And also some of the faculty live around the island. So we have to see what, were, what are the people that was ready to come. So we did it leader by leader. They start showing, and uh, we did uh, a lot of uh, communications. We provide a week for the students that they come first to see what are the needs for them. And then we did one for the uh, all employees uh, to see what were those the needs, and then for the faculty also. So uh, we are doing that, and okay. we trying to recovery as soon as we can with the help of all the people involved in our community. Well, it sounds like the university has a lot of value within the community. Um, let me, before we, before we move ahead, Anjali, could you go ahead and, and also paint a picture for us of what student life was like both right before Hurricane Maria and then afterwards up to now? Okay, so as Wilma mentioned earlier, um, the the University of Puerto Rico, like the island itself, was facing a lot of budgetary cuts implemented by the Oversight Management Board. Nonetheless, apart from all the financial crisis, um, I guess the Hurricane Irma hit um, the islands in the Caribbean a week earlier than Hurricane Maria. So the funny thing is, us as students, we were actually doing a lot of job to help them like we were doing fundraiser fundraising activities we were actually um collecting food and and everything else to send to the those islands that were affected by hurricane herma um not knowing that we were gonna be hit like oh but hurricane maria a week er before earlier um, I, I mean after so mentioning that after hurricane maria hit the island um, I guess as us as students, we were a little bit worried about our college. Um, the University of Puerto Rico Maya West plays a huge role, not only in the Maya West town, it, and like in this case, it plays a, a big role in the island 
and in the West well, you Bank. all have a so, lot of um, agricultural programs, yes, and and agricultural centers across the lines. The, excuse me, the line, the island, um, and those are are pretty critical centers for for um, for rural areas and communities across across Puerto Rico. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do a lot of research and we play a big economic role on the island as well. So after Hurricane Maria hit the island, I guess us as students, we were a little bit worried about our college, how it was and how can we help to restore the university. I guess for the first time, the community, the administration, the students and the faculties um, joined forces to help the university restore it again. And the administration and also the other students did a lot of things to help to help us as a community i mean uh mentioning what wilma said before um the university made a radiology a radiography of the west side um, facilities um they implemented the pass and fail meta the which was a meta that helps student um instead of taking it up a grade because we didn't have electricity and else um we could just um apply to this meta to for like pass or fail at a class so it was easier and it didn't put a lot of pressure on us as students so i guess that's about it i think we'll cover okay, it all before excellent well i mean like and we definitely want to get the perspective of the students on the ground as well as the faculty here because i mean it sounds like so i guess what i wanted to also get at is the the role that the university plays in the community so we discussed a little bit about how you have those agricultural centers you have a lot of students that come from other parts of the island to my wes as well as well as other um uh upr centers around the island um for the very for the local community um what is the value that that uprm has specifically to the Mayaguez community. I know that you, you both kind of touched on it a little bit, but can you expand yes. on that just a little bit more for me? Yes, um, and I would like to say that the University of Puerto Rico has been established for 107 years ago. So our university has been the leading higher education institution in Puerto Rico for decades. And uh, it recognized both the academic and the research excellence and rigor in the in our community, but also in the whole Caribbean and the world, and also is the only land grant, sea grant, and space grant institution in Puerto Rico. But it's also only the Hispanic survey institution in the United States having this status. Not all. all That's amazing. Yes. So we Wilma, think- Wilma, before you go on, can you can you expand on that a little bit more? So you have a land, a sea, <laughs> and a space grant, and I'm I'm a I'm slightly I'm somewhat familiar with with some of your programs. We discuss agriculture. Um, I know that the that the university is involved with things like reef restoration, um, and then as far as space, uh, you also have uh, a relationship with technology companies and also with NASA, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Having this status in uh, Puerto Rico, so in the land grant area, we have the agriculture, the College of Agricultural Science, which have the two components, the formal education through the Faculty of Agricultural Science, 
the research, and also the agricultural experimental station, which we have seven around the island. And also we have the other uh, agricultural extension service that we have around 54 uh, municipalities that are impacted to these uh, programs. And uh, this accomplished their mission by addressing the emerging needs of the agricultural sector, the youth, the families, and communities, providing opportunities to the most uh, vulnerable population. And in this specific time with De Maria, we was serving very important to this other population in the agricultural area, even though that some of our um, uh, facilities uh, have a great impact in Maria because some of them was devastating. But we, in some way, we offer uh, some of the needs that the population of the agricultural sector have through our university, through our office that are in some of the municipality in the island. So uh, with that, uh, we, uh, we think we have a lot of people uh, trying to get together because sometimes in these disasters, uh, what happened is that uh, people uh, doesn't know what are the need, what are the help that they can have. And uh, with this, uh, with the agricultural science uh, college and the extensions and the uh, station, some people uh, have a place that they go and they can uh, have some instruction. And also some of the faculty that are from the engineering department, they serve to the community. They went out and outreach some of the uh, more vulnerable uh, communities. They went and stand, they prepare some uh, station to charge phones, cellular phones, because it was really amazing that uh, no one was prepared for that. And uh, the phone, the cellular phones, everyone is uh, used to have that. And uh, if for some people, uh, we recovered in one month, but some other people didn't have any electricity for almost a year. So uh, the university played a really important role because our faculty went out and reached this community and went and served some, uh, uh, they, they put some station of electricity and uh, they helped people do some uh, 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 plants, you know, to do, uh, to do some uh, electricity plant that they can run the house set with battery. All right, we're back. Sorry, everyone. We had, a, uh, we had some connectivity issues just now, so we're picking back up where we left off, talking about um, bringing electricity to the communities. So, um, uh, Wilma, could you, uh, could you, uh, you left off a, few a couple minutes ago? Yes. 
Yes. Um, we were talking about that some of our faculty went to some of the communities that didn't have any electricity and they helped put some station to charge the cell phones and to do some uh, uh, little station for the houses in order that they can have at least the refrigerator, the, the few, the main things connected. So, so even while, so even while the university was itself recovering from the impact of Hurricane Maria, you guys were still um, managing your role as community support exactly. and and providing whatever services you could mm -hmm. with the faculty, and I'm assuming um, student volunteers, graduates, uh, etc. Anjali, could you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit also about um, your experiences with the community um, after yes. in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria? Um, the students also. It was it was really amazing to see how they reach and get together to help other communities that was more vulnerable. So students faculty, employees, even they come to the main campus and uh, some when they finish, they go outside the community to, to help. So uh, I think uh, it was very important, the role of the university, because the university was that uh, arm that served to the all to the other communities in order that they can recover. So. so, so Anjali, how were students involved in some of this um, community um, as recovery? Bulma mentioned before in part one, um, she said that she was she went to the radio to speak about the status of the university. So I remember during the hurricane part, there was no communication hearing Wilma out at the radio. So once we heard the first thing about the university um, students immediately reached out one way or another and I remember through this aftermath um, students just went to the university and started cleaning up things and starting helping out so I guess it was an immediate um, reaction of us to help out help out our college and since then well it began the process of doing of joining forces but the immediate thing was just reaching out to the university and just help. And um, I would like also to say that after the September 20, and uh, we start recovering, once the building and the campus were ready to receive the student after the hurricane, a student service become the top priority. And uh, all the students, the faculty, and the community uh, work together to uh, serve that mission. And um, I would like okay. to say that probably around 86 students were identified that they declared. All right, everyone, once again, we've had a little bit of connectivity issues, but uh, we're, we're on. Go ahead, Wilma, from uh, what you were saying about... Um, um, students uh, involved in in these uh, yes. restoration projects. Yes, um, after Maria, uh, we received our students 
and uh, they become our top priority to see that they was okay, that they have what they need. And um, only 86 students were identified who declared they have to leave the university to deal with their personal losses or their family. And uh, we have around 30,000 students. So uh, we started doing that and probably the losses went from personal belongings to family homes and parents losing their jobs. Also, these only 86 students declared the, uh, uh, that about the hurricanes that the reason to leave the university uh, probably it was because of one of these that I mentioned that they lost their home or their parents lost their job. But also we have one organization that is called Come Colegial. It's a nonprofit organic organization that uh, is operating in our canton since 2012. And uh, this provides support to our students in need by regularly bringing them groceries and conveniences to help them overcome basic needs and economic stress. Okay. Uh, this organization operates with donations from local business and from the academic community in general. Uh, it's called Come Colegial. Mm -hmm. And uh, the students that evidence they need, they come to this organization. And uh, usually they was uh, helping about 100 participants on a regular basis. After Maria, they uh, went to help about 866 students. Wow, uh, that's such yes. an increase. Can Wilma, for one moment, yes. let me let me ask Anjali. Anjali, what um, what has been the impact of this organization that Wilma's describing in terms of um, as far as the student population is concerned? What kind of reliance is there for the students on these services? And what have you seen as far as it making a difference uh, in terms of uh, uh, student quality of life? Okay, so Come Colegial, as Come in Spanish means eat and Colegial, is just we as uh, students, at, as community of the University of Puerto Rico, Mayagüez, we with love, we call the University of Mayagüez El Colegio. So it's just eat Colegial. It's like... um. So eat student. Um, so Come Colegial plays a huge role, and I remember the st statistics. Um, before the Hurricane Maria, it was a around thirty six students who went weekly to get like um groceries from them, and after the Hurricane Maria hit, it was the list um rise up up to like six hundred. If I'm not if not, I'm not mentioning bad, but. So Come Colegial played played a huge role during the Hurricane Maria um restoration of the college. Um it provided um like free groceries weekly for students. So And how much really, they rely on that now? I'm not sure on the statistics, but I guess it just um the numbers are down a bit. Okay. And Wilma, do you know how many students currently rely on that program? Yes, um, with the hurricane, it went and goes up to 866. And now 
we have around 200 on a regular basis after Maria. Okay. So there's some improvement in terms of people's circumstances, but still markedly more individuals and students that rely on this program at this point um, and and moving forward. Um, Yes, that's true. Now, obviously, basic foodstuffs are an essential part of of student life. I mean, if you don't eat, it's a little hard to study, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say, Anjali, as far as uh, without that program would you know how would how would students have been able to adapt to the circumstances without the program yeah without the program i mean yeah it would have been it would have been harder for students hmm. it would have been and how harder many because, yeah. how many students are there at upr right now around 30 13,000 students so 13,000 students participate in in the university of puerto rico yeah. at mayaguez Yes, undergraduate and graduate students. Got you. And is that a higher number or a lower number than than, uh, before Hurricane Maria? Well, as I said, um, the number is more or less the same because we only just uh, lost 86 students. This is what we were talking earlier. That, um, That even with the Hurricane Maria, uh, the drops that counts in the university was only 86. Okay, okay. Now, um, let me go ahead and shift gears a little bit here because I want to also paint the picture with numbers. Um, I visited the University of Puerto Rico in Mayaguez um, as part of some work that I was doing in the area recently, um, which hopefully we have a lot of success with that. But um, one of the things that was that was astounding to me is the number of uh, facilities that you can't currently use and how that's created a very um, tight situation, literally, for uh, students and faculty. Um, you guys are, are very low on space to be able to conduct your classes. And yet you have this student body that has not, um, that has not changed much um, since the hurricane. So, so obviously there's a lot of um, continued interest in being there and being part of that community and in getting those classes and getting that, the, the education that the University of Puerto Rico has to offer despite the issues that you're having with resources. So to paint a, a, a very um, specific picture of what you're dealing with at this point in terms of your facilities, can you tell me how many facilities you had open before the hurricane and how many facilities you have open now? Well, uh, in terms of facility, uh, in the main campus, uh, with, uh, more or less, more or less, we still have some of our building that needs to be restored like the uh, gymnastic, the, uh, the, one, the one that used the Coliseum, that uh, we do the graduation and everything, we reopened that. We was lucky enough to work together with the uh, all employees and uh, had it open for our graduation. We did our graduation and uh, we also received our new incoming student in August, but still we have in the uh, some of the agricultural stations, 
we need a lot of work that have to be done. And uh, also in some of the laboratories, we need to restore some of the labor laboratories. But uh, in general, uh, we have opened the university to all our students, even though that uh, still some uh, work that has to be done, we are uh, offering the classes, we are offering the laboratories, so we are back in business. I mean, that's part of the, the thing that really impresses me is how you have continued to offer a full range of classes despite the, the severe reduction in space and facilities that you had. Um, so just to, just to kind of talk about this, um, Anjali, like, what has it been like since the hurricane in terms of space for classes? How has it felt as a student um, in, in this environment where you have uh, a little bit more limited space than you did before? And, and how are students adapting to that environment? Um, I guess it's just been a process of understanding. We have understood, understood as students that we have to do more with less. So I guess the adaptation has been all right. I mean, it's not great, but it's part of a process. Um, it's just recognizing the the atmospheric event that went through Puerto Rico. I guess we just understand, and we try to cope with it the best way possible. Okay. Now, um, so what what would you say? Um, which 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 uh, loss of facilities would you say had the greatest impact on the student population? Um, maybe the gym or the okay. coliseum. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, um, what would what what kind of projects are being done at this point to sort of restore um, some of the facilities or or classes or or get things on track? I think Wilma can speak better about that, but um, as she mentioned before, the Coliseum is fully restored. Um, the gym, we're, we're also having trouble with the um, the funds of the insurance, so we're a little bit hold on that, on doing improvement of, on other facilities because of that, because we don't have the money and we're waiting for the insurance money. Speaking of insurance, let me, let me go ahead and I, I remember this coming up in conversations when I was there. So Wilma, can you talk about that a little bit? If you if you're able to, and and if if there's no issue with you discussing that, what have been the issues that the university has run into with uh, the insurance and insurance coverage that it was supposed to have that was supposed to take care of some of these um, facilities and needs of the university in in the wake of this disaster? Yes, I'm just gonna talk very general. The uh, ins the insurance that we have. It went bankruptcy, so it took a little bit longer to uh, have some uh, of the money that was supposed to come. So right now, uh, they uh, right now in this moment, uh, they already give some uh, money to the university, but it passed around eighteen months later. Later, so. I see. So it's been very difficult to collect on that if they went into yes. bankruptcy yes. And, and they've only been giving small amounts out of that. Uh, yes, settlement, exactly. Okay. 
And what have you have, I mean, have, have you been able to use some of that to restore some of the facilities or have, has most of the restoration come from other sources? Yes, we start doing that now because uh, actually uh, the restoration uh, that we did in the past have to come with some other money that was, uh, you know, from the university. And uh, we have to put like the, um, the roof, we have to deal with the roof. We have to deal with uh, the AC, uh, air conditioning of some of the lab. So we have to deal with all of these uh, things to put together. So we did it, and we still have some other uh, faces that we have to do it in some other uh, buildings. But we are working on that. Okay. Now, what... Um... So, so moving forward, what is the university planning at this point, both from a, you know, a faculty perspective and then also from, you know, as far as the students are concerned, what does the future look like and how are you addressing some of these challenges, challenges moving forward? What's on the table and what is stopping you, if anything, um, from overcoming some of these challenges that you're working on now? Yes, um, I can say that the university has a lot of challenge right now. We have the challenge of the fiscal problem of the island that uh, that also include our university. And uh, also we have the challenge to uh, restore all of our buildings. And even that we have restored most of, most of them, uh, we have to deal with the, uh, the insurance and the uh, and FEMA, and uh, also with some of the accreditation. And uh, we want to make uh, an statement that the University of Puerto Rico and Mayagüez uh, has been recognized for the academic and research excellence that we have been offered through a lot of years and uh, that we have 104 programs. In these 104 programs, we offer 54 bachelors, 42 masters, and eight PhD programs. We have four faculty. We have the Faculty of Engineering, the Faculty of Business Administration, the Faculty of Art and Science, and the Faculty of the College of Agricultural Science. And uh, is uh, been uh, for the university has a lot of challenge, but we have faced it. And the institution and also the students, uh, even with the reduction of budget and the administrative change, uh, always have say has always say that uh, it's very important to the people of the island that this university is still going for a lot of more years because we serve our population in our region, but our region is very important because we develop a lot of scene in this part of the region, but also we insert in the economic development of the island of Puerto Rico. And as I said, we have uh, around 
a decreased thousand students that have been graduate from the University of Puerto Rico at Maya West. And these students right now are in a lot of positions uh, in some of the agency, governmental agency, uh, private industry. So uh, we, we serve a lot of industry also. We serve industry like NASA, like Lockheed Martin, that Honeywell, Amgen, a lot of industry. And we also have two job fairs in the island, in the university. And I can say that these two job fairs are the best of the island, but also are the so, best of the universities. So, I mean, basically, the UPR is a center for a lot of talent that ends up working for NASA, Lockheed Martin in the agricultural sector and, and obviously in other um, private sector entities. Um, that's a lot of good information, Wilma. And um, I'm hoping that we can go ahead and get into more details on that in another episode, because I would love to do some additional episodes about the university and what you offer. Um, Anjali, um, what other, uh, what, what other thoughts can you add to this as far as, um, uh, what you see uh, students being able to do and contribute to um, the improvement of the situation there in overcoming the challenges that the university faces. I mean, a university is only as good as its students. So what is it that uh, is being done now and, and what do you see the future of at, as for as the student as a student president there? Um, OK, so the future in what way after you can Maria or just general from going forward university. going forward from here basically like how um how are students how do you see students contributing to the restoration of the university in general and um anyway go ahead <laughs> um okay so let me see so what us as students can contribute that's a hard question i guess um as far as just keep um, doing this campaign of studying at the University of Puerto Rico. The University of Puerto Rico needs us to study there and to help the university um fiscal problems. I guess also what we can do to help is just get the problem out there. Not if not many people know about the problems the University of Puerto Rico is facing. So it's just a thing about not making the conversation and just Go out there, speak to your mom, speak to your grandma, um, speak to your um, neighbor just about the problems of the university. Don't let these problems die because if it dies, well, the help doesn't get here. So it's just about, um, as I see it, and as one way as being a political changer, it's just not making the conversation stop. Just go out there, speak about the University of Puerto Rico, speak about the problems it's facing and not letting it die i don't so know essentially if that yeah that, but it's just about talking about the university of puerto rico right. no and that makes a lot of the, sense absolutely yeah. that makes a lot of sense as far as communicating what's going on and engaging also i would say obviously at the i guess you could call it the grassroots level with families but also with your representatives um and through the media mm -hmm. go ahead what were you saying um i read a study a few weeks before it said that um, the University of Puerto Rico, Maya West, represents about 70% of the economic um, in Maya West town. 
So the University of Puerto Rico plays a huge role in the economic development of the island. So it's just about, as you mentioned before, speaking to your relatives and speaking to your friends, speaking to the representatives and to the mayor about defending the University of Puerto Rico and helping the University of Puerto Rico get back on track. Well, and so I guess the other question here is, as much as the University of Puerto Rico has put into the community, have you felt a sense of of um, of support from the community back to the, the university? Yes, but it could be better. Okay, all right. And so I'm to wrap this up because I know that uh, we all have places to be and and you know we need to continue the 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 work that um, that is ongoing to resolve uh, you know some of these challenges that the university is facing uh, that the island is facing in general um, you know and also in terms of trying to create more resilience in the future to uh, when it comes to uh, future hurricanes or other uh, potential natural disasters. Um, in do you have uh wilma and angeli starting with wilma do you have any final thoughts that you would like to add anything uh that really stands out in your mind that needs to be um talked about before we go yes i would like to say uh thank you for the interview and also i would like to say that the university of puerto rico has, uh, like I said, has been here for 107 years, and we have a history of resiliency. Uh, we have been through a lot, and uh, even though that uh, we have uh, faced a lot of uh, fiscal uh, challenge and a lot of other challenge, we are up, and uh, we are there we are we are here for the students we are here for the people of puerto rico we are here for the population of our people we represent the hope of hundreds of students of our island we represent the hope of our town we represent the hope of the island so i think uh we are here and we want to serve the population of all the students of Puerto Rico, but we want to say to the world that we also are here, that they come to the University of Puerto Rico to study, to do undergrad studies and to do grad studies. Absolutely. And Anjali, what uh, final thoughts do you have before we wrap this up? Um, I guess just as Wilma mentioned, um, the University of Puerto Rico has been a huge um, social and economic project in the island. So it's just about defending the importance of the University of Puerto Rico in the island and the economic development. And just as mentioned before, not letting the conversation die. Um, just the University of Puerto Rico needs help as well as the island. And but Above all, that we need help. Um, the University of Puerto Rico is here. It's strong. It's resilient, and it's offering full services not only for their students and to their community, but to the island and as well as the world. We continue to um, just put our academic and research excellence out there in order to to help the island, help um, the world in many many areas. So. It's about not letting the conversation die and 
come explore what the University of Puerto Rico offers. So definitely recognizing and ensuring that that more entities recognize the resource that the that the university is for the island and and in my opinion for um, the United States and for the region in general. Um, you know, my final thought on that is that uh, I'm somewhat familiar with the contributions that uh, UPR and many of its alumni have made to uh, both government and private sector organizations that have a, a huge impact on our daily lives. Um, so I think this has been a good conversation. I hope it opens up a lot more conversations, both, um, you know, between us and the different um, entities that we work with as well as uh, opens up more conversations with our audience and some of the organizations that they're involved with to really consider um, the impact that different organizations, you know, private sector, public sector, civic sector um, organizations can have uh, in that area and what that impact means as far as what the university contributes overall, both to the island and, um, and the region in general. Um, thank you both for being on the show with me. I very much appreciate it. And I hope we can do this again soon in the future. Um, hopefully on the back of some of the projects that we discussed when I was there, we'll be able to, uh, we'll be able to talk about a lot of, uh, a lot of the successes that we have and that uh, we're going to be looking forward to in the near future. Um, again, thank you. And to our right. audience, we appreciate you listening and uh, good afternoon. Thank you, Anjali. Thank you, Wilma. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Good afternoon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Latin American Intersections. If you enjoy our podcast or find it insightful, please be sure to share with your friends and colleagues. Hasta la próxima. See you next time. Big thank you to Kasim Sultan of Sad Boy Music, who is working diligently to improve our audio as we develop our production techniques. Sad Boy Music offers competitive rates for recording, editing, mixing, mastering, music production, video editing, and motion graphic design. You can follow Sad Boy Music on social media at 5ADB0iMusic.